This is Ashley Hodge with the Sikkim 365 podcast. I'm excited to catch up with Davion Mitchell, you know, arguably the best two-way guard to ever come through Baylor University, maybe the Big 12 in general. Uh, he's left an incredible legacy and uh, just excited to catch up with you about your rookie season in the NBA and the docuseries you're doing and some Baylor stuff as well. So let me start with this uh, docuseries. Uh, for Baylor fans out there, I'm going to put a link to this podcast of where you can subscribe to uh, Davion's YouTube channel. Uh, we need to get his sub subscriber numbers up. You know, I, it's outstanding content. You've had three episodes and I've enjoyed every one of them. Um, how many episodes do you want to do? Are, are you are you planning to do six, ten? Uh, no, I kind of just. Um, I kind of I think I want to do four or five. I kind of, okay. I'm going to stop during the season. I'm kind of going to focus more during the season instead of that. Cause a lot of, I got a lot of time during the summertime. So right. I was like, why not do it? I'm saying it's a long, a couple months. I, I go places to work out and to let people see what I do. Like what's my life about. So I kind of going to do like five episodes, maybe four. I, I'm trying to think of the fifth one, but I know the fourth one, but I'm trying to think of the fifth one. Okay. Yeah. Well, it's been enjoyable. I appreciate you giving a glimpse into your life. It's, it's been awesome to watch. I, one thing I want to ask you about is uh, I thought it was really cool in episode three, how, you know, you would pray before meals and, and just give us a, a glimpse into your, how faith, you know, has, has been important to you and, and how you're visibly demonstrating that, um, you know, what, what, what's your rookie year like as far as, you know, maybe talk about the influence of uh, Baylor on you from a spiritual perspective and then, what, what it's like in, in the NBA to try to be disciplined in that area? Uh, kind of the thing, the main thing I took from Baylor when I was there, the coach who used to preach about all the time is the word joy. Jesus loves you. So right. it's kind of just been a thing where everywhere now, everywhere I go, it's like I'm putting God first and I'm putting others before myself. Um, I'm, like I, you, I wouldn't, no one would ever say that Davion is a selfish person because I'm always putting others before me. Right. And it kind of made me, I mean, I think, I think I'm a good teammate. I mean, that's a lot of people say. So it kind of made me a, a good teammate. A lot of people just want to be around good teammates. A lot of coaches want to be around those people who, who are great teammates because if you're a bad teammate, it kind of messes the whole culture up. So I'm trying to take my what I know from Baylor and trying to build that into with the Sacramento Kings and that culture and, and to be put Jesus first and others second and yourself last. And if everybody do that, then we can kind of build this culture where that is a strong culture. I mean, it's hard to break when put others first you put yourself last so that's what I kind of took from from Baylor and I think it's kind of working out for me I think with the Kings I mean a lot of people kind of trying to build that culture because right now we don't really have a culture and now people are, keep saying like yeah we need, we need something we need our identity I think that that this year we're going to kind of show that more and in years to come we're going to show that yeah, well, I know you got a lot of Baylor fans that have been converted King, Kings fans because of you. Uh, one of them, Jared Hamby, who's a huge Baylor basketball fan, at, wanted me to ask you this question. Uh, you know, Keegan Murray is a guy that, you know, like you, didn't come, you know, one and done or, or you know, with, with a lot of hype, you know, coming out of high school to be an immediate NBA prospect. It just really worked his way, honed his game on the college level. Uh, do you see a lot of similarities just from that standpoint in him and, and the way you've uh, your journey? Yes, for sure. I mean, I think Keegan's like you can tell he's the most humble guy on, on the court of all time. Like he's, he's kind of always been the best player on the floor everywhere he's went. And he's humble. He's not really you don't really know about him. Like he's quiet, but he's, he's scoring all the points, he's doing everything for the team to win. And you just don't really know about it. He, 
he he praises his teammates, um, praises the coaches. Like he, he never thinks about himself. So I kind of think that's where we come from similarity, similarity wise. Um, right. I just think he's a, a silent killer. He he really is really good at the game of basketball. Like people don't people don't see that because he's so quiet. So he don't excite you at all. But he all he always does the right things. He makes the, he makes the right play every time. He takes the shots he need to take. He makes the shots he need to take. So yeah. Yeah, I think we're kind of same in that in that area. Do Do you have anybody on the Kings roster or the team that you've really formed a pretty strong bond with? I mean, is there anybody that you consider one of your better friends now? Yeah, uh, Tamezi Metu, and uh, I mean, other than when Tyrese was on our team and when Dante was on our team, those are kind of the guys that I was I was close with. But Tamezi Metu is definitely a guy that we talk all the time, even during the summertime. Um, we hang out with each other, play basketball, so. That's yeah. kind of been a guy that I, I, I played a strong bond with. Like, what's what? What is it about him that uh, that's that, that's created such a friendship? I don't know. We just kind of connected from. I mean, he, he's also a hard worker. Um, right. He's actually one of the hardest workers I know. So it kind of, I think that's where we kind of connected from there. Um, when I go in the gym in the morning, he's already there. It's like, it's like, oh, like we both hard workers. Now we like kind of talk a little bit, and then that relationship just kept going in the game and then we on the court together a lot so we kind of just build it there we start eating on the way trips together so it was kind of like I really don't know when it actually started but I, I know it, it was pretty easy it wasn't really that hard just to try to you know what I'm saying connect with him because he was already have the right mindset he's always trying to win right he's not a selfish player at all so it kind of made made sense a little bit yeah yeah that, that's good so I, I know you've decided to sponsor the Georgia Stars, uh, you know, off night AU program. But is it just the 27 and 28 kids? Is that is that all you're taking on for now? Yeah, for now. And it's kind of hard to find team for Rich Mill. He, he lives in Rich Mill, so I kind of tried to, to put that kind of just for him. And but a lot of other people want to play now, so I'm kind of trying to build more. And it's a lot of females that's trying to want me to build an AU team. It's still more to come. I just know yeah. for now those are the only two teams, but I'm still thinking about doing more for sure. Yeah, yeah, very good. Uh, so what, one thing I wanted to ask you about, um, I've been interviewing the Baylor players during the summer, and, you know, this has been a common theme with some of the guys, you know, LJ Cryer and Adam, of course you know them, uh, but but they've talked about your work ethic and the legacy that you've left, you know, not, not just you, but Jared and Maceo as well. And, you know, but what, there's a new guy, D'Antoine Grimes. Have you met him yet? No, I haven't. When I was okay. there, I don't think he was there yet. Yeah. We, we kind of given him the nickname Baby Davion. He's got some similarities to you. Like, he's a hard worker. He's a grinder. Like, he hits the weight room. Like, he loves film. Uh, I think I think yeah. you're going to like what, what you see. I mean, you know, he's got work to do, but he's uh, – I'm not, I'm not trying to say he's at your level yet. <laughs> but he's uh, – yeah, it's the, it's the same thing when I when I was there. People said I had work to do. So if he's a hard worker, then you never know what can happen. Yeah, exactly. And 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 one thing that I thought was cool was uh, you know, he talked about how at JUCO he was just studying your film nonstop, and and he talked about you know how you know you made Baylor a cool spot because and, and everybody like talks about the work ethic part of it. You know, they're not they're not coming there just for the glory. They they understand that the grind is part of getting that glory. You know, do you think about your legacy and, and the legacy that you've left, you know, to Baylor and to almost, you know, everywhere you've been? Is that is that important to you? Yeah, for sure. I mean, especially because, I mean, all the years that 
that I've been at Baylor, you kind of want to leave a name. And I think after winning that national championship and, and being around the culture of the group and what we what we are what we were known for is like a hardworking team, the grimy team, the the, the team that's always going to play harder than the other. And you kind of want to have that. So when other kids come, they know they already know. I'm saying like right. everyone's going to preach to those kids that how how hard we work, how hard we play, how tough we were. And it, it's just a good look for the for for the for the college because I mean it's kind of hard to find people that who wants to play defense in college. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Like everyone knows, everyone wants to play offense, gets the NBA, but we didn't have to go that route. You know what I'm saying we went the route where we played defense is our our main thing. Like we we're known for defense and toughness and and, and believing God. So that's kind of just been a, a big part of my life, even legacy there for sure. Especially because I've been there for three years. Yeah. Right, well, before we started uh, hitting the record button, I asked you if you'd watch Ode to Joy, and, and I, I'm going to send you the links to it. But uh, it was either – I can't remember who said this. In the, it may have been Mark Vital, or it might have been Coach Tang. But one of them mentioned – if I have my memory right, I want to check this with you. Before the Gonzaga game, that they, they came to you and said um, – something along the effect of this doesn't have to be close and, and that you responded, well, you know, they're number one in the nation. They're undefeated. And, and I think coach Tang said, it doesn't have to be close. Is, is that, was that a true story Did that? Were those words actually spoken? Yeah. I remember, uh, I think the game was over the UCLA and Gonzaga they had the bus beat or whatever. And, or it might've been before I remember, but I just said that and I remember asking him like, that what you think the score going to be is tomorrow or something like that. Something yeah. around the lines. And um, I remember, I think Maceo said, I don't remember Maceo, somebody said it might be, it's going to be a really good game, it's going to be close. Nicole Saint came out of nowhere and said, yeah, we're going to blow them dudes out. I was like, really? Like, come on now. Like, they're, they're really good offensively. Like, that's a that's a really good team over there. I don't know about blowing them out, but I think we're going to beat them. But blowing them out is kind of, I'm saying, crazy. Like, no, we're going to blow them dudes out. Like, All right. <laughs> he was prophetic. <laughs> Yeah, surely we uh we took control of that game early. Yeah. <laughs> Is that um I I know you probably had some games in the NBA and I want to ask you about your rookie season, but that night, I mean, I mean you had some incredible games at Baylor, but but did you feel like from the first time you hit that, you know, the opening jumper that you just, I mean, did the did the did the basket look huge and did were you just so locked in that you're like, this is gonna be our night? I mean, did you just feel that early on in the game? Yeah, I kind of already, especially after that first shot went in, I was like, oh, yeah, it's it's uh, it's going to be a long night for them. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not going to lie, it's going to be a really long night. And we yeah. all we all played great that game. Like, I, I missed that game, man. That was a fun game. Yeah, yeah, no doubt about it. Well, you know, tell me about your uh, rookie season, some of the um, highs and lows. I know you, you're not used to losing so many games, so I know that had to wear on you, but uh, – but you played well, you know, you had a, you had a really good season overall. Um, your uncle wanted me to give you a, a little hard time about your free throw shooting percentage. He, when, when are you going to get that up over 70%? <laughs> have, you, have you been working on that a lot this off season? I mean, what's, what's, uh, what's your goals for this year? Yeah. I mean, this year coming up for sure, uh, having a winning season, um, definitely making the playoffs. It's kind of been a, a thing everyone's been talking about a drought here, but that's kind of just been our goal is to, to, to have a winning season, um, not just right. make the playoffs, I mean, whatever, wherever it takes us. I mean, I think that we have a good enough team, good enough coach, 
um, guys that, that want to be around each other and, and build that bond with each other. Um, it's definitely going to take some time, but I think we're going to do well together. And as far as free throw shooting, yes, I've been working on it a lot. It's definitely going to be up this year. Uh, I actually can't wait for this year. It's going to be super fun. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I mean, my rookie season has kind of been a, a roller coaster. I mean, like you said, it's been a lot of also been a lot of learning for me. Uh, learning the, the, the game of the NBA, the style of play, to how to how to be good in the NBA because it's, it's different. It's a lot different from college. So, yeah. I mean, I kind of learned a lot. Uh, so, a roller coaster, but I love it. That's awesome. All right. So, I know in one of your episodes, maybe episode three, you talked about, I mean, you're a workaholic and I know they had to lock you out of the gym and uh, tell you to back off a lot. You're, you know, you're, 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 uh, you're putting too much stress on your body. I'm, I'm sure as, as you mentioned this in the, uh, in the, in the episode that you've got to like pick your spots and, and know when you need rest, know when you need rehab, 82 games is a long season, hopefully playoffs after that. Like what, what lessons are you learning? Like, what are you doing different? You know, like as, as you uh, get used to playing the, you know, the, a full schedule like that. I mean, for me, it's just, uh, it's kind of, it hasn't been so much different by me also just doing the recovery stuff. Um, but for me, it's kind of like not working out three times a day. It's going two times a day. So right. like you, like you, you don't have to grind this. You don't have to grind it out because you got to realize that you got so many more games. You don't have to grind this. Like, of course you want to get better as, as, as much as you want, but it's like, you don't want to put stress on your body that affects you during the season right. or affects you for years to come because you're trying to play the game longer as long as you can. So for me, it's kind of just been a little bit of uh, just taking a step back, um, getting rest, um, doing things like that. I mean, it's not really like the same workouts of the workouts. I'm going to go hard every workout and things like that, but it's kind of just taking a step back and realizing that if you're tired, just take a break. Like, right. You don't, like right now, right now you don't have to be, the best player right now. I mean, you're just trying to work to keep to keep getting better each day. You don't have to be the, the best player right now. So just realizing that for me is helping me get a lot. That's great. All right, I got a few uh, questions that people on the message boards wanted to ask you. Um, let's see here. All right, so first of all, this is a great season. I got the league pass just to watch you. Uh, I'd love to know how you felt, how you felt those first three nights, especially significant minutes coming off the bench with primary defensive responsibility against Damian Lillard, Donovan Mitchell, and Steph in your first three games as a pro. How did it feel going from the natty to defending these guys that you've watched since high school, or at least two of those guys, and especially, you know, one of your, your first few nights in the league? I was blown away by the respect for your defensive game that they, that these NBA vets gave you from day one. Yeah, um, it, was, it was a great feeling. I mean, like you said, the respect that they gave, I mean, because they kind of knew off the rip. Like, even when I checked in the game, it wasn't going to be easy. It was kind of like a hard-nosed guy. I mean, but it was super fun um, guarding those three type of different players. Like, one, the, a guy that gets to the rim, um, two guys that can shoot better than anyone in the league. So, right. it was just a, it gave me a different look. Um, I mean, it kind of made me more comfortable a little bit guarding other people during, throughout the whole season. Like the, the 79 game that after that made me a little more comfortable because I think that I, I did an okay job all three of them. So, like, so I mean, it, it made me a lot better. Um, it's going to make me better for the next time because guarding them is always super fun. You're always super hyped guarding those players because you want to you get the best of them. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, it was, it, was, it was a fun thing. I can't yeah. wait to do it again. 
That's great. All right. So uh, a couple questions here. What was the most challenging off the court part of the NBA? Uh, question number two is what are your goals for year two? You already talked about the playoffs, free throw percentage. And then three is what has been the most fun thing about being in the NBA? So start with uh, the most challenging off the court part of the NBA. The most challenging thing is probably finding something to do, but not, not to work out. Uh, I'm, uh, I'm yeah, I can hear you. Yeah, the video is breaking up a little bit, but it's it's I can hear you. Oh, I think I, yeah, I got you. I'm, I'm I think, okay, I think the most challenging thing for me is like finding something to do other than work out. Like I said before, I'm always trying to be in the gym and things like that and watch film. But it's like the challenging thing is like you really have so much time on your hands. Right. It's like like you want you have to go back to the gym. For me, it's like I feel like I'm lazy when I'm just sitting there like playing the game or doing something like that. I feel like, man, I'm being lazy. I need to get in the gym. But I think that's the most challenging, challenging thing. Um, second question was... Second, second question, question is, um, what are your goals for year two? You talked about in, uh, the playoffs and the free throw percentage. Anything else that you have? I think for me, it's just improving each year. Uh, I don't I don't know what, just improving as a basketball player, mentally, physically, and, and things like that. I mean, I don't have, like, how many points I'm going to have is nothing like that. It's kind of just improving each year. That's kind of just been my goal. Right. And then the third question is, um, any, what's been the most fun thing about being in the NBA? For me, playing, playing against someone, playing someone good every night. Um, yeah. either you're playing either all-star or all-star every night or someone that's really good. You're not going to have one of those games like, oh, these guys are not that good. Every game, the challenge, and you know I'm a competitive guy, so that's the most fun, fun thing for me. Do Do you have any um, stories that come to mind? Uh, you know, of any of the the stars, or or even like a Michael Jordan, or you know somebody that's like giving you your props, come up to you and giving you some words of encouragement, and uh, said something to you that was meaningful. Anything come to mind? Uh, I mean, I talked to uh, Kyle. Like, I mean, it's kind of like a lot of guys. I can't really just say one guy, but. A lot of guys just telling me, like, keep working. Uh, you're going to do things. Like, I can't really – I don't really want to talk about it. It just kind of, like, boosted me up a little bit. I don't like doing right. that. So, it's like – it's just more like a lot of guys just telling me to keep working. Uh, just keep going and things are going to be good. Uh, take care of your body. Um, do those things like that. Things that can help me out in the long run. Uh, so, kind of like a lot of people that I play said that. Yeah. Or, or maybe let me, rephrase, let me phrase it this way. Like, is there anybody – is there an NBA vet that, that said to you, give you some advice that you really, that sticks out? Like, like you know, is there, was there something somebody said to you that, you know, comes to mind? I mean, of course, uh, you know, my mentor, Chris Paul, yeah. we kind of talked from time to time. Um, he's been a, a, a one person that said, man, take care of your body now. Right. Um, because if I don't do that a couple of years, then it would have been a whole lot different. Because, you know, Chris Paul went through a couple of injuries throughout his career, so. He said, take care of it now, get on it now, like eat right now like as a rookie so you can play many more years and you don't have to go through this. So that's kind of what I, the thing that I took from. Um, I mean, I could say I don't eat the best right now, but it's kind of been things are I'm trying to add. Um, it, it's, it's, it's hard, though, especially because you, you've been in college and high school. You get the, basically you're eating everything and right. eating like fried chicken and things like that. And when you come to the lead, it's like, man, I don't even eat this food. I don't even eat this. You know what I'm saying? So it's it's still things that I'm learning. It's still things I'm trying to add. So things like yeah. that. Yeah, very good. 
All right, this is a final question. So here is, um, what do you expect your role to be on the team to start this season? And then uh, follow up would be, there's, there's four questions, but talk about the roster changes on the Kings and how they impact you. So first of all, uh, role-wise, you know, what do you, what do you see as your role? Um, I mean, just a guy that, I mean, I think it'll, it'll change every night. Um, just because that's how, how good our team is. Um, I mean, it's kind of like, I don't, I don't want to say like I'm going to be the main guy or I'm going to be this guy just because it, it will change every night. I mean, that's the game of basketball. But I think the guy that's always doing stuff to win, um, that's kind of going to be my role. Um, to make it, making sure we do, get making winning plays and, and being a team that's going to play hard every night, uh, try to take my team to play hard every night. So that's kind of going to be my role. Um, and as far as the changes on the team, I think it's great for me, especially for – NBA vets or people that have been in the league a long time that's been in the game will teach me a lot of things because honestly, I'm still a rookie. Uh, I didn't even been in my second year yet, so I can learn a lot of different things from them. Um, yeah. Defensively, offensively, off the court, things like that. So they're going to teach me a lot. And and just to play with those guys, we have really good guys on our team, really good shooters, really good like people in general um, you can be around. So I think that's going to help me a lot throughout my career. Yeah, that's great. All right, a couple more questions. What was the most difficult adjustment from Baylor to the NBA? And what is so special about Baylor that you and so many alumni come back so often? I think the most difficult thing uh, from Baylor to the NBA is, I mean, I think, I can't, I think that in the NBA, a lot of people say it's, it's easier to score because it's more spacing. Right. But as a defender, it's harder to guard because it's more spacing. So right. it's like, it's it, it makes it a little bit harder. I mean, but it also is a challenge. And like like I said before, I'm a competitive guy. So I'm always up for a challenge. So I think that's the hardest thing, guarding these good, good, fast, athletic people in that much space. Um, it, it makes it harder. And a guy that can't really sit in the paint all day because that's a violation. So it makes it even harder. Um, so I think that's the most difficult thing um, for me. Yeah, yeah. And, and then and the, the reason makes, why he makes Baylor so special. Yeah. I just think the people around, um, everyone around Baylor is, uh, you can call family. Uh, I think the, the whole city is considered like a family. Even when I came back, I feel like I was kind of like at home in the sense where people, I mean, also won a national championship because they kind of know who I was. But even just to different people, when, when Doug Christie came, when one of my coaches came to work me out, he even said it like he felt like the environment was like good there. And yeah. when you're a great environment and good people around you, it's kind of hard to beat that because you can't find that everywhere. Right, right. All right, my final question for you is um, I want you to drop some wisdom on the current Baylor team. Uh, this is a loaded roster. They, they're going to have a backcourt that's uh, pretty filthy, just like you guys when you won the national championship. So what, what message would you give to this uh, current team right now to, if they're going to be in the hunt for a national title, what do they need to be doing now? And, and what message would you give to the guards in particular? I think uh, the message is the same message every year. Uh, you play with joy. Um, put Jesus first, others second, and yourself last. And that's kind of what our team did. Uh, we had a lot, like a lot of great guards on our team. Any Anybody could win for pretty if night, but we knew that wasn't going to be a thing to help us win a national championship or against like really good teams. I mean, because people don't realize like a lot of teams have like one player that can score the ball really well and you have to worry about one player or like, you know, about one guy. I mean, yeah. but we, you couldn't just do that. You couldn't just worry about Jared because you got Maceo. 
and you couldn't worry about Maceo because you got me, then we got Matt, then you got Mark, and you got so many people at them. It's like so many people that you can say that that made us so hard and most difficult. And this team is loaded too. They got so many pieces, but if they don't play together, if they don't put them others first, then they're not gonna do anything. If everyone's trying to go to the NBA, then they're not gonna they're not gonna make it far. They're not gonna win a lot of games. So that's kind of just been our mindset because I honestly don't remember like in our in our conversations at Baylor when when I was there, we never even talked about the NBA like that. Like it yeah. was like we never like man, we need to go to the league this year, or we need to do this. I need to score this much. So, you know what I'm saying? So the scout, nah, it wasn't like that. It was like we're gonna win this game, and if we win this game, then good things are gonna happen. Right. Like those things those things are gonna automatically happen because that's what teams want now are people that are winning players. Like that's only a couple people in the world that's top five picks because they can score the ball or because they're tall or they just uh, free the freak athlete. So other people is like we don't we want someone that to, to help us win. That's gonna bring winning to our to our organization, not just points. So that's just thing I'll say to the team. I mean I speak to a little bit of the team a little bit. Well, I kind of talk to the coaches too to kind of tell them a little little wisdom things like that. Um, just try to help them out. Um, yeah. Yeah, that's so wise. Um, you you have such a wise perspective at such a young age, and 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 I'll even ask you about NIL. I, I I've been really impressed with the Baylor basketball team, as far as I don't think they're focused on NIL. You know, they're not turning sure. down deals. I mean, they're they're looking sure. for opportunities when they come, but but they're also not making it their focus and. And I do think there's a temptation that could lead to a poison, you know, like, like, a, you know, comparison is the thief of joy type of mindset and, and where the bigger reward is what you, what you're experiencing, you know, an NBA contract, you know, and a second contract and, and, and all right. the things that, that, you know, you get from hard work and winning. I mean, what, what would be your message about that? You know, as far as like NIL and, and just making sure that that's not the main focus. I mean, I think the people don't realize that, yeah, the NIL is good and things like that. Like, yeah, the money's good right now. Yeah, that's money right now. But people don't realize in the NBA, that's kind of generational money. Like, you can help your family out. Like, that's right. that's kind of just been, like, it's hard for me to say because I didn't I didn't have the NIL deal, so I wouldn't even know how I would act. But I think I would act the same way just because, yeah, that's money right now. That's money good right now. You can spend and get stuff right now. But, like, can you do stuff for your kids' kids? Or can you do stuff for your mom? Or can you do things like that? Like, you still provide for families off this NL deal. You know what I'm so, I mean, only certain people can, but it's, like, not that many people can. Cause like, you got to realize NBA players are getting deals, too. Like, they're not worried about just college players. Only a certain couple college players, probably top five picks or top ten picks, are getting the, the big deals. Everyone else kind of like, all right, we need to outwork these guys are trying to get these deals so we can get to the NBA. Right. Um, that's kind of would have been my mindset because I wasn't a highly ranked dude. I probably wouldn't have made any money like that, but I would have been okay with that because as long as I had enough money to 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 live in college, to eat every night, and to things like that, then I would have been good. I mean, because getting to the NBA is kind of the main goal still. Like these NIL deals are not changing. It shouldn't change your mindset of like not going to the NBA. Everyone still wants to get to the NBA, but right, it's, it's kind of hard. Me and Macy was actually talking about it like a couple hours ago, a little bit like about the. NIL deals and things like that it's it's hard to say and I mean I, I'm not putting it past them because a lot of people used to like we used to always talk about like man they make this much money but we're only getting this you know what I'm saying but now it's actually happening now it's like now it's just I don't think it's a good look I mean because yeah. you got the college 
college board looking like free agency. It's like, man, this is people are getting agents. It's like, man, like they're pros before they're even actual pros. Right, right. So it's 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 ridiculous, but we're gonna see how it works out, man. And hopefully it doesn't change people's mindset. I hope people love the game just because of the game and not because of the money. So yeah. I think if you love the game because of the game, then it shouldn't affect you anyways. Yeah, yeah. No, words of wisdom. Well, hey, this is the first interview I've ever done with you where you didn't have a basketball in your hands. So uh, I know you're driving, but, uh, you know, that's my fondest memory of you is every time we did an interview, you had a basketball in your hands. Yeah. Hey, did you see anybody? uh, Did you see anybody at uh, Peace Jam that caught your eye? Uh, Any any uh, anybody that you want to give a shout out to that impressed you? Uh. The thing about high school is, like, I don't know a lot of people's names. I only know a couple people. And I was on Team CP3, like, Rob is going to Kentucky and Aiden. I don't know where he's going. So, and yeah. DJ Wagner. But those are the only people that I really know because they're guards. But, I mean, I did get to see all the coaches, Coach Drew and all them. Yeah. Kind of got to chat a little bit. Actually, saw Coach Tang, too. So, it was, a, it was a good time. It was a fun time to see those guys again. Yeah, that's awesome. Well, hey, look, Davion, thank you for giving me 30 minutes here. Uh, subscribe to his YouTube channel. You got to see this documentary he's doing. It's awesome stuff. Great content. And uh, I'll put the link up in the uh, the show notes for this. But uh, you've been listening to a Sikkim 365 podcast with Ashley Hodge and national champion Davion Mitchell, Sikkim Bears.